coach trusted me to the play and uh, try to get to my spot, but stay going. Were you? Did you feel it rushed a little bit, or was it? Or was the timing right for you? Yeah, I was fine. I was just Welcome back, everybody. Happy Thursday. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. That was the voice of Mikhail Bridges after last night's 90-88 loss to the Cavaliers in Cleveland. Game that had a little good. It had some spirited defense. The Suns clearly were engaged. They clearly looked like a team that wanted to kind of change the narrative around their recent fortunes. And and it was a game that they could have, should have won. They were up by seven with just under five minutes to play in this game. Uh, their crunch time deficiencies without Devin Booker came back to really bite them once again. And at the very end of the game, after the Cavaliers took a two-point lead, the Suns drew up an inbounds play. And they drew up an inbounds play with Chris Paul bringing, delivering the basketball. And Mikhail Bridges flared across the free throw line, caught the ball, Shot a fadeaway shot that wasn't the degree of difficulty wasn't wasn't terrible, but there was a strained nature to the way McHale looked in delivering the shot. It looked a little it didn't look like he felt real comfortable in the moment, in my opinion. Shot didn't go in, it didn't miss badly, but the fact that McHale Bridges was targeted to take a game tying shot was something. I I didn't like it. Bick, and again, I I hate to Monday morning quarterback this thing because it it was a good shot. Monday morning point guard. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good shot. It was a good shot. It was a shot. Mikel Bridges can certainly make. Mm -hmm. But just given the way he's been playing lately, Mm -hmm. the way he shot the ball last night, three for fourteen. He's not exactly known for for hitting those kind of shots in crunch time. I think sometimes it takes a certain type of mentality out of a player um, that. That, that mm-hmm. thrives in that moment. Maybe Mikel will be there someday. Uh, he just doesn't have a a history of doing that. Yeah. I look at the options they could have had on that last play, and I. By the way, I I, I Twitter searched Mikel Bridges, and this is not just Tim Ring and Dan Bickley saying there there were hundreds of tweets questioning that decision oh, yeah. to go to oh, Mikel. So this is not again. We're not just nitpicking now. Bicky, you're down by two. To, to me, the guy who's done it in the past, the guy who can still get his own shot, the guy who's who's got the uh, the crunch time pedigree in that situation is Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So this was not a matter of well, the 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 Cavs took away what we were trying to do. Mikel ended up with the ball. No, I mean Chris Paul's inbounding the ball. Mm-hmm. So unless you're going to give it right back to him, and that's the play, obviously that wasn't the play. I, I would have gone to Chris Paul in that situation. Mm-hmm. The other option is or Landry Shamit. Well, the other option is Landry Shamit, and mm-hmm. he had just hit a three mm-hmm. and. I would not have been content going to overtime. I actually would have. The Cavaliers have been in six overtime games all mm-hmm. year. They 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 won all six of them. But even having said that, that was a game that last night was not trending well if it went to mm-hmm. to overtime. Let, let's be honest. So, Shamit had just hit a three. I would have liked to have seen Shamit, you know, come off a ball screen or a or a, a player screen and just try to rise up and fire and hit a three and get the hell out of there with a mm-hmm. W. The other option is, you know, DeAndre Ayton throw it in there to the big guy and let him take one of his turnaround jumpers or jump hooks because people want to rail on DA. He can make that shot, and it is Mm -hmm. at times unstoppable if he can get it off. 
So of all those options, to me, it was yeah. it was a little peculiar that that that's where they wanted to go. But you said I'm going to throw it back to you with this. Mm-hmm. You said something earlier. Maybe that was part of the plan to try to get Mikel a shot like that to try to build up his confidence yeah. going forward because we are still here in early January. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I thought about it. I I thought I was a little surprised by it, but my my initial reaction was the way this team is going. It's not a bad roll of the dice to give him a shot at that because if he makes it, maybe it changes everything about him. Yet I I, I balance that with the fact that he wasn't having a good offensive game. So to try to have him summon that kind of moment, I, I don't know what to think about it. I, I, I walked away from last night's game thinking all sorts of different things. Number one, I thought to myself, why doesn't this basketball team rip up their offense entirely and start featuring DeAndre Ayton in the post and just give that a shot in the short term? And then I, I go, okay, that sounds nice. It sounds like something everybody wants. But DeAndre Ayton, it, it, if he's done nothing else this year, he's made it quite clear that he is perfectly fine being being a top-level role player, that he doesn't want the other stuff. He just doesn't. And it's it's maddening, but that is just the truth of it. But So I, I don't know where this basketball team goes from this point forward. I, I, I had mixed feelings about Mikhail Bridges. My initial reaction was, okay, I kind of like that. Something to get this guy going. And yet then I step back from that and I say, I, I don't know if this is it, man, because Mikhail Bridges has regressed this year because you've taken him out of a role in which he was really good at and tried to put him in a different role that he's never been good at. And does it all get fixed? Fixed when the team is whole, I'm starting to get a little worried that everything maybe is not going to just be fine when Cam Johnson and Devin Booker come back. Like confidence is taking a taking out of water, Mojo's taking or just out like of water. The overall Bridges. vibe of the team, the chemistry of the team, That's, just the structure, the way the team's made up, like everything just doesn't seem as cohesive. It doesn't seem as good that it's mm-hmm. just going to be as simple as you know Devin Booker and Cam Johnson come back, everything's going to be okay. It's starting to feel like. Like, well, you know, when DeAndre Hopkins comes back from the suspension, everything's going to be okay yeah. with the offense. And, and that's not the way. We're, this basketball team without Devin Booker shouldn't look this bad. They have got, what, 19 losses now. Nine of them have been by double digits. Four of them have been absolute boat races where they've lost by 25 or more points. This is not This is not good. This is not trending in a good direction. It's a flaw of the roster because well, you're, yes. you're, you're now saying that, like, even when Devin Booker comes back, you're saying... You need to be great every night because if you have a night where you're bad, we don't have the guys that are going to step up to to help win these games. They got to make trades, guys. I mean, we we we've known that they've got to go out and make deals. They got to do something with Crowder. They got to try to bring on another score. They're clearly not going to. Even when Booker and Johnson come back, this team's not winning a title as they're presently constructed. Somebody else has to be brought in. Probably two people have to be brought in. And last thought for me on Mikael Bridges: the priority last night should not have been get Mikel Bridges' confidence up. It should have been winning a basketball game. So so that, that to me... I, I, they, I, I don't know why they went to Bridges there. I will say this no, to No, no, listen, I respect what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. They've lost 12 out of six. They've, they, they've lost 12 out of 16. And Jared, this goes to kind of what you were saying. You, you kind of you lit a fire under me on, on this one point. The, the, the four games that they've won, one of the games the Lakers sat everybody... Another game, the Clippers Mm -hmm. uh, sat everybody. And then the third win, they were down to the Pelicans by 24, and it took a human, superhuman effort by Devin Booker scoring 58 to get that win. 
So in a way, like this is they've lost twelve of sixteen, and they're they're the four that they did get. You know, they 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 kind of caught a few breaks, mm-hmm. and they and they and they got that fifty eight point game out of Devin Booker. So this is really going south now. Yeah, and it and it's going to continue that way until something changes. And I don't know what's going to change. I mean, Cam Johnson's not walking through that door. Apparently, we know Booker isn't, and the schedule is getting nasty at this point. Yeah. Um, Johnson. Johnson. And there there are no Pistons, Hornets, Spurs, Bulls, or Thunder no, coming up, gang. No. And then and we're gonna get into this later as well. James Jones doubled down yesterday on the idea that he's got no uh shackles on him or handcuffs on him at all when it comes to trading players, that there's nothing standing in his way when it comes to making deals. And and that is uh, that seems to contradict what Brian Windhorst put out there. When he said that, according to multiple sources, the team has been involved in many multi- multiplayer deals that would likely have to go through Robert Sarver. So what the truth is about that is anybody's guess. But I guess the proof is all going to come in the next month. What do you think is going to be the truth in all that? Well, text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line. Oh. Awkward! <laughs> At six twenty six twenty right now. You did it! Yeah. <laughs> Two more times? It's like a kid. We got one each hour. Successfully and I riding hour. his bike to the end of the driveway. <laughs> okay, Jared, you did it. You Look did at him it. go. Ding, 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 ding. Still hey, got those three wheels on. Guess who it is? If you <laughs> well, maybe got a, thoughts. Ooh. <laughs> Jared. Hey, he remembered at 7 Eleven instead right. of like 9 42. I remember so. the 6 o'clock hour one at 7 Eleven, so that's it, true. I, I, I literally had two or three laugh out loud moments yesterday post show of you scrambling at the end to get your spots of See, because the, the first day I was so good, I yes. got them all in I, I on time, like semi good transitions. Yes. Yesterday I literally forgot until Everything. was it 9 53. This is the Jared Carlin experience. One day you're on everything on top of everything and the next day you completely forget. I'm an enigma. Yeah, I'm very dynamic that way. Lost inside a big old bowl of soup. (laughs) Your parent-teacher conferences when you were a kid must have been something else. He's so bright but yet we just (laughs) we can't keep him focused. He's just out there. (laughs) And who dresses this kid? (laughs) Did he eat French bread pizza at 5 (laughs) a.m.? French bread pizza. All right, coming up on the other side, no DeAndre Hopkins this weekend in San Francisco. What will his legacy be as a member of the Arizona Cardinals? Interesting question. We'll get into it next. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Um, no, he'll, he'll, he won't be up this week. Yeah. That's the voice of Cliff Kingsbury talking about DeAndre Hopkins' availability this Sunday for Week 18, the final game for the Arizona Cardinals in a wretched, thoroughly forgettable season. Uh, which brings us to DeAndre Hopkins, who now will have missed the final two games of this season in addition to a six-game suspension, in addition to the how many games did he miss last year, Jarrett? You remember offhand? No. Okay. Seven. Seven, yeah, that's right. He, yeah, he played in 10 games last year, and he'll end up playing in 10 games this year as well. No, so, nine, right? Did I? Yeah, no, no, you're right. Nine games. Nine. My bad. I'm looking at yeah, the math. 
mornings math. I was uh, told there'd be no so, math. Right. So that is so that would be in the last two years. DeAndre Hopkins Hopkins plays in nineteen of thirty four football games, and that's not altogether great. There have been a lot of incredible moments where we have just been astounded by his ability to catch a football. There's probably five to six to seven highlight reel plays that DeAndre Hopkins produced in Arizona uh, that were mind blowing. And there was a time, there was a time, I, I don't even remember where, because it's all a blur now, when I really pondered whether or not DeAndre Hopkins had more impact on a team's success as a wide receiver in Arizona than Larry Fitzgerald did. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not comparing careers or what they did in Arizona. There was a time when DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals went as far as he did, right? And The offense looked so completely different with so, him in there. Without a doubt. And without him, they couldn't play. With him, they were in and were capable of beating really, really good teams. Now, the fact that he's missing the last couple of games with the knee injury, Cliff Kingsbury was a little iffy on, on if you guys were in contention, would he still play? Um, I, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to report that he's he's making a business decision. But I've heard from a lot of people a while back that this is going to be inevitable. There's he, that uh, yeah. cut again. Would Hop play in different circumstances? Uh, I'd say it'd be close. Um, it's definitely something that's been nagging him, his, his knee injury. And um, so we're just going to be cautious with this last one. So yeah, this is um, not a lot of conviction. No, in that not voice at all. Not from, at all. From Cliff, there. No, I gotta be honest. Right, exactly. So and so and I, and I think that I think in the NFL these things are understood among elite players who are no no longer going to be with the team because you've got two you've got two things going on with the Cardinals right now. For the last few weeks, you've had this core of players, many of them on defense, who have been really giving full effort to try to get something in the win column before the end of the season. And so it, it's it's hard for a football team to kind of feel full and, and fully committed if that's not the case with everybody. But this is also very, very common in the NFL among elite players who look at a game and say, what, what, okay, listen, if I'm an elite player and, you, and, and I'm the kind of high-end luxury guy that helps you win really big games and you're playing for nothing, what, what, what am I doing? What, what do you need me out there for? That's a very common mindset. For people who have to protect their own futures or feel like they do. It is, and especially a guy who wants to perhaps hit the trade market after the season. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you get hurt, I mean, that's, I mean, Buda Baker would be out there if you were healthy, right? Week week 18 mm-hmm. or not, you know, out of the playoffs or not. Mm-hmm. Because Buda Baker's an Arizona Cardinal. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins has one wandering eye mm-hmm. towards greener pastures. Then the injury potential becomes a major, major factor in his mind. DeAndre Hopkins missed one game in five seasons with the Houston Texans. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, remember, people would joke, like, D-Hop doesn't practice all that much, but he doesn't miss games. Mm -hmm. You know, I I look at Hopkins, the situation for next year, twofold. One, I could understand the Cardinals actually also wanting to move on for for where they are as a football team in the middle of a rebuild or beginning a rebuild, as as it were. If you could get a a high-round draft pick for him, Mm -hmm. it's been debated. Could you get a first? Could you get a second? Would you only get like a fourth or a fifth because you got to pay him so much? I've heard all all discussions. But whatever the case may be, you would get a decent draft pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And then, you know, what do you do with your number one receiver slot? I'm not sure Hollywood Brown is that guy. So there's that discussion. The other discussion is if there is a regime change 
and you have fresh new faces in the front office and on the sidelines with the coaching staff, you know, would that change DeAndre Hopkins' opinion uh, on Arizona and whether or not he would want to be here mm-hmm. next year? It may, it may not. Also, big or is it Kyler Murray related? It could be Kyler Murray related, or a new like a new coach could come in here. Coach X comes in and says, "Trade DeAndre Hopkins? Are you guys crazy?" He's one of the best receivers in the game. We got him for two more years. No, we're keeping DeAndre Hopkins. He's part of the plan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of different ways well, this could go with both organization and player over these next three or four weeks. Yeah, I think that I, I think a couple things. I think DeAndre Hopkins was a great idea. I was really, um, really behind the acquisition of him. I think it was one. Of, it was probably Steve Kimes' greatest individual maneuver in Arizona, maybe even topping the Carson Palmer trade in term, because not only did you get DeAndre Hopkins, you rid yourself of the world's greatest guy in David Johnson. You ever hear how tough, great that? No, it was tough to get rid of him. He was it such really a good was. guy. Good guy. So it, it, to me, I, I look at that and, and, and I'm, I, I see that and I acknowledge that, but I also know that the, the, the conditions under which DeAndre Hopkins operated, I don't think it was the best for the team vibe. And that is the, you know, to come in and just never practice on Wednesdays. And and again, with all due respect to whatever ankle issue he claims to have that keeps him out of practice, it, it, I think that's you get too many guys like that, and then you, then your head coach gets the reputation, and in this case, well earned, of not holding guys accountable. You think do you think B A would let that happen? You think B A would let a guy come in and just go, I'm not practicing on Wednesdays? I I don't think so. And and I so I think that I think that this is not the situation for DeAndre Hopkins is what I think. I don't I don't and, think. Steve Steve Wilkes would have let it happen. Yeah, right. And so, so I think because because football teams have to be bigger than individuals, and you can't cater to individuals if you're the head coach of a football team. So while I am deeply respectful of DeAndre Hopkins' talents and the highlight reel stuff that he brought to Arizona, I, I don't know if this is a good fit going forward. And I also know that if you do trade him, if you are looking at a rebuild, and I do think we need to be honest about this, this football roster is going to have a lot of holes. It's 28 unrestricted free agents. They do not have quality depth. Um, and they need to get a GM who can make these right draft picks and rebuild this thing. So there's a lot of things that have to be fixed here. But DeAndre Hopkins is a piece that as a wide receiver, if you traded him, you could probably get a lot back from that as well as if you chose to trade down from either the three or the four spot in the NFL draft. I mean, could you get... Could you get near what a Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams kind of a? I I don't know. I near the answer is probably yes, but but I don't think you're going to equal that. So so if you do though, again, so that that would make a lot of sense to to do that. But now, then do you? But then so does that mean you then go all in on Hollywood Brown? But see, no, I don't. No. I mean, to me, I look at Hollywood Brown and I am not paying him big money. He's okay, and that's it. I well, you know who I do invest in? I invest in Greg Dorch. Is who I invest. So you what go, a dorch! What a dorch! So then Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch are sort of your young wide receiver okay. pieces that you're. But again, you need to get some physicality at the position. You need to get some guys who can catch the ball over the middle. You got to get guys who can block a little bit. Dan, I hear you. One more year, AJ Green. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, a little quick, quick uh, uh-huh. pop quiz for you guys. So mm-hmm. if if this is the end of DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona, he will have started 35 games for the Arizona Cardinals in three seasons. 35. If you guys had a guess off the top of your head, in those 35 games, over 500, the Cardinals, over 500 or under 500? 
I would guess... I'd guess over. Okay, you got over? I'm going to guess under. You're going to guess under? I mean, I would guess I would guess over, but since the, you're asking it, I would guess under. No, it is not under. It is as close to 500 as you can Ooh. get. They are 18 and 17. Wow. And that is with the remarkable, of course, 7-0 and 0 start the shame, 2021. The shame of it all is that the vision that they had of Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. Just those three. Just those three. Rondo Moore, Zach Ertz. But just those three, we saw one game. (laughs) One game, and now likely they're going to move on from those pieces. Speaking of Rondo Moore, did you see that photo he put on Instagram yesterday? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness is right. Yeah, he's got a dislocated pinky. It was so... Yeah, it's it's like every one of his fingers is pointing north, his pinky is pointing (laughs) west. Yeah. Your, your, your pinky should not be signaling a first down. <laughs> but is that permanent? I, I think it's a trick. I, that looks to me like something that he can just kind of go clack and like, oh, look at me. Oh. Really? Because that's not that's not. not what he's injured from. No. No, yeah. he's, he's got a uh, he's got a he's got a groin, right? Yeah. Well, I'm glad he didn't post a picture of that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's stop right there. The Rush Hour Reboot with the ruthless Sarah Casella is next. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He's got a grudge. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Emirata Mornings. On Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Tim Ring, is dancing his way into this segment. We appreciate that. We're taking you through the top stories of the day right now. And I am Sarah Cazell doing so with Dan Bickley. Hey. With the dancing Tim Ring. (laughs) Prediction for the fight. Hey. Yes. And Jarrett Carlin, who was also dancing in his seat before the show started. The Sacramento Kings. (laughs) I stand corrected. That is apparently a thing. I did not know that was a term that people in Sacramento or around Sacramento used to kind of poke fun at Sacramento. I learned something new. Yeah, who's laughing now, though, huh? Yeah, truly. Is Nobody. anyone laughing? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> then again, it is Is Sacramento. anyone feeling laughter? Well, hey. Hey. That is true. That is true. All right. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot. Like I said, top stories of the day every single day at this time. And today, that starts with the Arizona Cardinals. Final days, guys. Final countdown of the 2022 season for the Arizona Cardinals. And so that came with some uh, personnel announcements. Yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury said, even though Colt McCoy wanted to start this week in the Cardinals' final game against the 49ers, they are shutting him down. He will not play Sunday against San Francisco, and it's going to be David Blau making his second straight start. Here's Kingsbury on the opportunity ahead for Blau. Yeah, anytime um, you're in his position and, and you know you get a chance to go in real games and show what you can do, it's, it's huge, and particularly against... You know, the best team in the NFC and the best defense in the league. Um, it's going to be a great challenge. But, yeah, I'm excited for, for him to see, you know, how he handles that. But it's it's a tall task, that's for sure. Kingsbury also was asked, are there any implications for next season with David Blau getting the start? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Like I said, I, I want to see what he can do with a full week. And, um just kind of go from there. All right. The specific question was, could he be playing for a a third (laughs) backup quarterback spot? Uh, 
What, your thoughts on that, Dan Bickley? It well, sounds I like just, you've got some. No, I, I'm just I, I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what he is saying here. Is, uh, he, it's is he pronouncing Colt McCoy the opening day starter next year if Kyler Murray can't go? I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. It's, no. David Blau might be a lot better than Colt McCoy. I'm sorry. That's the truth. So would you like to see David Blau stick around next season? I would, yes. From what I can tell so far, yes. I mean, I like everything about the guy. Well, we're going to get into hard knocks next. I, last <laughs> night, I, I di- I'm digging this guy and what yeah. he's all about. Even though he did a magic trick with cards, you yeah. still like him? <laughs> I'm, sure Jared a, vibed was, I'm sure Jared vibed on that. I'm sure Jared vibed on that. Hey, coach, you want to see a card trick? <laughs> I appreciate Take the card, card that Cliff uh, took that situation with. I he know. seemed really, really yeah. into it. Yeah, Tim, not how Bill Belichick uh, would react and go. I, Blau, was, like Blau has played himself like into the conversation. You know, let, let, let's see what happens I, on, on Sunday against a better team. And I, 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 He looked the part. I, he, he stood tall in the pocket. He delivered the football down the field. And yeah, he, he's elevated himself into that conversation. I'm not even ready to say that any of these quarterbacks that are right here right now are going to be on this football team in August. Hmm. I, 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 I just don't know where this organization is going from a from in, from a direction standpoint, front office, coaching mm-hmm. staff, roster standpoint. Yeah. You bring in a new coach and a new system, they may not have any interest in the guys that are currently here. It might be a totally That's rebuilt. Cool. Yeah, it's it true. might be a totally rebuilt room. Mm. Okay, so Trace McSorley, Colt McCoy, David Blau right now are the three guys currently on the roster. Obviously, uh, Kyler Murray rehabbing from his knee surgery that was just two days ago, I think. If you had to pick a day one starter right now for the Arizona Cardinals, I know we just talked about how none of them may even be there. Who are you going with? Colt McCoy, David Blau, Trace McSorley. Out of these three guys? Yes, out of those three. Those are your options. Sorry. I... I, I, I I would like to see a little more out of Blau. I mean, if I had to pick yeah. one guy right now, I mean, it's going to be Colt McCoy. I mean, yeah. let's let's be let's be realistic about it. I mean, well, D- David Blau's never won an NFL game. He's 0 for 6 as a starting quarterback. He played against the Falcons last week. He threw for a couple hundred yards. I mean, let's. He did things operating that offense last week that I that, that I certainly haven't seen Kyler Murray do, and I saw him under center with bootlegs and waggles more than Colt McCoy. Sure. He's more athletic. He's younger. And again, I said this yesterday. It wasn't just the under center. It was how fast he operated once he took the snap. He was back in the backfield with the fake handoffs and the play action like that, and he was turning and he was deciding. I'm 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 buying into this guy right now. Woo! No. Maybe after Sunday, I'm going to change my mind, but whatever. Right now. That's okay. We'll right talk now, about it on Monday. I'm down with Blau. Wow. Down with Blau. Wow for Blau. Hey, you, went all in, you also went all in on Max Hall, Dan. You got to shut up, Tim. Shut up, Tim. Hey, my mic's not working. What's going on here? They just cut me off. Yeah, the, oh, the Max boy. Hall prediction is what it That and the Johnny Manziel prediction are, uh, mm. as Doug Tamaro consistently reminds me. Oh, yeah. Doug's never been wrong about moments. anything. Nobody's 100%. No, <laughs> nobody's 100%, Dan. You're like at 98.7. That's pretty good. Oh, I Ooh, like that. 98.7. Look at that. What'd you say? All right. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, guys, the Pro Football Hall of Fame released its list of 15 finalists for the class of 2023 last night. It includes Dwight Freeney, who had a hot second with the Arizona Cardinals. 15 names are coming your way, guys. If you could send one of these players to the hall right now, all right, who gets your vote? Here are the 15 finalists. Okay. Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, 
Tori Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, or Darren Woodson. Can we repeat that I again. I, one, I, get, I get to pick one. One today. Joe Thomas. Woo! That was Joe the one Tom- that stood out for Joe me. Joe Thomas too. over over Jared Allen. Shut up, Jared. Darrell Darrell Revis and Tori Holt. That's my order. Although Andre Johnson's pretty good yeah. too, but I'm Joe Thomas is my guy. Joe Thomas is your guy going for the I'll, Browns I'll, lineman. Well, I'll, I'll go with Darrell Revis out of the, out of that group in terms of a guy who who absolutely no doubt 100 percent deserves it. Elite player at his position every year he played basically. Yeah, Darrell Revis is my guy on that list. But uh, shout out though to obviously Joe Thomas. Yes, because he's up there too. But Zach Thomas is another guy that I think should be well, be in right. Canton someday. Okay, but you're on Revis Island today. I am. On Revis Island. Okay. All right. Finally, let's get to the Phoenix Suns. Sorry. Yes, we have to talk about it. It was a competitive game, though. Mm-hmm. 90 to 88. Uh, lost to the Cavaliers in Cleveland. So the Suns are now just one game above 500. They're 20 and 19 after losing seven of their last eight. With four seconds left in the game, Evan Mobley for the Cavs hit a jumper to go up to Mikel Bridges, as we have already discussed on this morning's show. He had the ball for the final shot. It was off balance, though. He did not make it. Suns lose. Here is head coach Monty Williams last night on be, being one play away from potentially getting a win. Uh, just an, another game where we just didn't do one more thing to get us a win. We were one play away from winning in Denver in regulation. We had a couple of plays down the stretch in Toronto, had a segment in Washington, and it's just been that kind of a trip. And um, it was just a hard hard way to lose a game after having our guys fight the way that they did. Here is Mikel Bridges as well on taking that final shot. Um, yeah, Coach Preston did a play and uh, tried to get to my spot, but still going. Were you, did you feel it rushed a little bit or was it or was the timing right for you? Yeah, I was fine. I was just that sound, by the way, is courtesy of AZ Central's Dwayne Rankin, who asked that question. So with the way things are trending now, uh, with the Phoenix Suns downward, by the way, has Mikel Bridges' play this season changed your mind on how untouchable he may be in a trade package, even for a non-massive star like Kevin Durant? In other words, are you willing to send him away? Um, Wow. I'm still not. I listen. I I don't think it's Mikhail Bridges' fault that he's been asked to do more than than maybe he's capable of. Mm. Mikhail Bridges last year is perfectly fine for me for the rest of his career. Okay, and yeah. I still think he's a great touchstone for the fans. Um, so I I would not want him to go. But everybody else um, is on the table for me outside of Devin Booker. Devin Booker, yeah. I I agree. I think Mikhail Bridges in his role as the defensive stopper, glue guy, guy who cuts to the basket, has nights where he can get you 27, but if he doesn't get you 27, it's still okay because he's doing other things. He's rebounding, he's playing defense, and he's kind of the fourth scoring option, or maybe even the fifth in a, in a, in a lights out starting five, but again, as Bick says, he's he's being asked to do more now. They demand more out of him because of the way the roster is right now due to injuries in the Jay Crowder situation, and he just can't. he's just not that guy yet. Mm-hmm. But in answer to your question, Sarah, I don't think there's anybody untouchable on the Phoenix Suns right now, with the exception of Devin Booker. Mm. Anybody. Anybody. 
If, if, so if you can get Al McCoy's probably untouchable. Oh yeah, keep him. Keep him. Mascot's probably untouchable. The gorilla, Al McCoy. Chambers. Devin Booker. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's about it. Thank yeah. you, Sarah. Yeah, thanks, guys. You have been rebooted. It's right. internal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. The latest edition episode of Hard Knocks ran last night. We'll tell you what you need to know. Tim Ring in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Every time you out there, right, you're representing the name on the front and the back. You did yourselves proud with how you played. A lot of new guys playing, a lot of guys trying to step up, make plays. You played your heart out, played your ass out. That's all we can ask, all right? I promise you the staff couldn't be more proud to go out there with you. And we got one more opportunity. Y'all got me? Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to get back to work, go practice our ass off, and go down swinging. Everybody understand that? You did today. All right, you played your ass off. They just made one more play. That's it. But the effort, all right, the energy, the juice, couldn't be proud to be associated with you guys, all right? Y'all get a break. Let's get out of here. That the voice of Cliff Kingsbury following last week's loss at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. A much different sounding Cliff Kingsbury than following that loss against Tampa on Christmas Eve. This was a, a Cliff Kingsbury that sounded happy, proud, and maybe relieved that the end is coming. And who could blame him, right? A lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of criticism, not immune to that. Um, but... That was one of the takeaways is that you could tell that the postgame mood, at least the perception of the head coach, was a lot different than the previous week when he was struggling to say something and the owner was looking over at his shoulder. Staring, staring so uncomfortably. Yeah, right. So th- that was one of the uh, takeaways from last night was was just sort of the the general relief that th- this nightmare is almost over. And, and this is, unfortunately, this happens in a lot of football seasons, cities every year because you know this, we live this. Every year in training camp, every NFL market is full of gushing and optimism and everything is going to be great and everybody's in the best shape of their lives and then everything goes south and and you try to deal with the wreckage on a week-to-week basis and then you finally get to the end and you realize okay we only have one more week of this and that that was kind of a vibe that came off the show last night i think that's the vibe that the hard knocks directors are feeling too <laughs> we only have one more week of this well we, we predicted we predicted it yesterday yesterday was the J.J. Watt episode of Hard Knocks. It was oh, probably yeah. 80% oh, about J.J. Watt. And you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, How with a little David Blatt. He's Bl- a movie star. And, and yeah, and it was it was really great, a lot of the stuff behind the scenes with him and mm-hmm. saving Collins, well, his tongue and stuff. But Yeah, that, that to me, uh, the fact that they kind of opened up Zayvon Collins' personality a little bit, I, I, I was digging that. And, that. and that's one thing that I think there aren't a lot of tons of positives to come out of this season. I think the I think the development of Zaven Collins is a positive. He has become a guy that is basically a hundred percent of the snaps guy now if he stays healthy in the game. And he's he's made a handful of impact plays. He still is making mistakes, but he has clearly grown on the position this year. It looks like they didn't miss on the pick. Yes. And you couldn't say that last yes. year. And he's right. only at this stage in his career, you presume he's going to get better and better. So yes, on the defensive side of the football, JJ Watt had one hell of a year, but you can't really point to that 
for next year as something to build on, obviously. To me, yeah, Zayvon Collins and, and, and Buda Baker's emergence as you Zach know, Allen. Zach Allen and now will will obviously be counted on to anchor that defensive how line. Would you, there's not a there's how, not a lot else. How would you rate Zavin's Collins development at this point compared to Isaiah Simmons? And thoughts on Simmons. Well, it's better this because season. it's better because he know who he knows who he is, and the Cardinals know who he is, and he's got a position. I mean, Zayvon, uh, excuse me, Isaiah Simmons. We are still here now, and what was it year th- end of year, year three? End yeah. of year three. Listen, there's no. He's da- still a man without a home. Yeah, and this, it's it's really bothersome to me because he's got every bit the potential that Hassan Reddick does, and we've seen what Hassan Reddick has done post Cardinal. And, and we all obviously fear for that because there's going to be a decision you're going to have to make with Isaiah Simmons at some point in time. Do you continue to pay him big money based on potential or you, you know, have you wasted years trying to develop him? He, uh, Isaiah Simmons clearly has got crazy upside, but, but harnessing it's been another matter. Yeah, and I, I and I don't know if it's going to end anytime soon. I, I, it looks like they're still struggling to find the right spot for him. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not a defensive yeah. coordinator, no, obviously. I, I'm not a scout. I, I look at him, and mm-hmm. I, I see outside linebacker. I I do with the speed and the ability to get to the quarterback, perhaps coming off the edge, and the ability to, you know, in theory, cover some people in space, even though he kind of struggles with that, especially, you know, between the line of scrimmage and 20 yards off the ball. But, I, I like, do, I mean, do we see him as a safety full-time? I mean, they, they're they're good at that position. That's mm-hmm. the problem with Baker and Thompson. He's, he's not a corner, even though he can place Slot corner. He can cover tight ends. One of the uh, one of the funnier moments last night of that show was when Zayvon Collins and JJ Watt were talking on a practice field, and and Zayvon Collins was trying to get the rules of ice hockey straight. Yeah, would you like to hear that? Oh, that was, yeah, that was the last that. thing they showed in the whole episode. Sort of like a uh, uh, just a funny exchange between them. Big hockey, big hockey up there. I don't understand the rules. Because, like, how many people are on the rink or on the ice at one time? Five players, one goal, and on the ice. So six and six. Okay, so 12. And then if you get, like, a, a foul, you have to, like, sit in the box, right? So if I put you in giant-ass, uh, what are those shoes called they wear? Skates. Ice skates. I, I couldn't think of it. Anyways, okay. No, I'm not. I, just, it lost my, I skipped my mind. If I put you in giant-ass ice skates, if I put you in those giant-ass ice skates, could you ride around? Could you, could you skate around on ice? Yes. No. I'll show you video in You'd look like a moose on ice. Knees going everywhere. You want to go skating? How, where are we going to go skating here in Arizona? No. What if we fell through? I'm going to go on a pond. We can go on my pond back in Wisconsin. Look, just like this. This is what you do, right? You would fall flat on your face with that center of gravity. This is what you do? Yeah. You look like a speed skater like Bonnie Blair. Yeah, at the moment when he was like, that's what Zayvon Collins was doing. He was pretending he was like moving his feet in the motion of the speed skater. It yeah. was really, yeah. it was funny stuff. It really this, this is another good interaction between them. Talk uh, when he when Watt is kind of giving him the business on on the during practice being hard on him. Damn! I've slipped five times a day. Are you wearing cleats? If you fall down again, just walk inside. You're gonna have a lot of. Why did it be so negative? You're gonna have a lot of pictures. Yeah, I was in the middle of. 
something Negative. positive. I'm in the middle of saying something positive. Your Christmas card. Like this. You kind of suck. Merry Christmas. You're awesome. <laughs> Who accidentally gave you a Christmas card for me? So where would this series have been without J.J. Watt? Oh my and goodness, oh, right? Be three-minute episode. I'm <laughs> <you> that much. <laughs> He'd still be on that walk with Vance Joseph. Yeah, the, uh, listen, I, I, I will say this. I, I do think that 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 people on this football team, they're going to remember the years they spent with J.J. Watt, not just because of who he, uh, what he's accomplished prior to coming to Arizona, but he's just, he's such a guy's guy in that regard. He's just such a good presence. You know, yeah, and, and that's sort of also sort of like capped with his post game speech, where yeah. he kind of apologized to the team for his late game blunder. First, I want to apologize. On that last drive, I got caught out of my gap, and then I was trying hard to make another play, so I jumped off sides. That's me. I'm sorry. That sucks. You got to be accountable. You got to trust your teammates. That's me. So I apologize for that. I appreciate your effort. I appreciate your work. We only got one more of these things, boys. Let's have a good week. Let's go out there and let's play the game we love. Cards on three. One, two, three. Cards. You know, it's funny. He uh, he was not only being accountable. I think he, that was that was a, uh, a, 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 a an opportunity for him to have a teaching moment for the younger guys to mm-hmm. also be accountable going forward. Yeah, that's I, I think, a good point. I, I, I think there was a message in the message there. Yeah. Um, a couple things about this is you notice Field Yates earlier this morning tweeted out that, and this is just housekeeping, bookkeeping kind of stuff. But JJ Watt's contract has been restructured. They're going to spread some money out over the next couple of years. Kind of give the Cardinals more money to work with going forward. So so there you have that. The episode also, as predicted, featured a lot of David Blau, who was part of the previous Hard Knocks narrative when he was a member of the Lions. And my favorite part of that is, Sarah said, he did a card trick with Cliff Kingsbury, which was really, really over the top. But he also admitted on the sidelines, hey, I'm kind of dramatic. That's what he said. Okay, I can live with that. I don't. It's mind good it. when you can own it. Yeah, you just know. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty funny. Well, the position is very dramatic. It's very performative. The sport. Yeah, the whole thing. Yep. The sure. whole thing thing. And then he talked about the game with his mom after the game. Yeah, I had fun. And I was at peace all the time. I didn't really feel the nerves. I, uh, they trusted me. I, I just, I know I'm so much better than I was three years ago. And I hope I stay better. What was your favorite moment? From Hard Knocks last night. You should text are your you thoughts. Are you driving the show on me? What is Te- the matter with you? Text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 62620 right now and tell us. Actually, can I share what my favorite moment Please was, do. Jared Carlin? It was the realization when they showed David Blav's wife, the track runner, yeah. uh-huh. that David was the one losing his ever-loving mind. Do you remember that viral video from yeah. two summers ago rooting his wife on in the Olympics? That's right. That was David Blau. I, it, I didn't know that. This guy keeps popping up. I know. He does. I'm telling you, this guy's got a vibe about him that I'm digging. He's yeah, everywhere. Don't bring up Max Hall again. I, I want to bring up Max Hall again. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> Who? Who? What? What? Where? Why? We are at the halfway point. Point the Bickley Blast is next. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.